Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Melissa Duare. As I was preparing for this interview, Melissa, I was thinking, you know, when we're kids, little kids, and people say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And it's the fireman, it's the doctor, the astronaut, the fill in the blank. Right. But I don't know how many little kids would ever say, I would love to grow up and be a grief counselor, or I would love to grow up and be a minister. Do you think that should change? Ministry is an interesting animal because there's such a strong call to it and you have to sort of defend that call, right? What brought you to it? And it's, they call it a discernment period. So it's a big process to get ordained. You can go to the graduate school, but then you have to be called by a church to work there to be ordained. So there are parallel paths that are happening concurrently in in your academic pursuit, but then also the church or the denomination is sort of mentoring and monitoring you. I probably sat through 18 different interviews through the process where they're vetting you like almost every semester with the academics and your theology and what you're presenting and your mental well-being, the psychological profile test. There's a lot to it. I think maybe the PKs, the preacher kids who are versed in ministry can often find that call and it's something that they're known and they might grow up saying that they want to be a minister. But I I often say as one of my cocktail conversations, I'm two things I never thought I would be. And that's a third wife and a minister. <laughs> so there you have it. Life takes a lot of twists and turns. It certainly does. And As you and I were chatting before we started this interview, some might call it a calling, whether you are called into the ministry or you're called into fill in the blank profession. What is your purpose? I also believe, and maybe because this is ecumenical to say it this way, that magic happens in our lives. And I find it incredibly exciting to say to our young listeners, you have no idea, none of us do, who you're going to meet 
whether it's later today, tomorrow, a month from now, who's going to open your eyes to some, let's just keep it within the professional realm, some type of job or career that maybe didn't exist before, or maybe you had just never been exposed to it and is suddenly like this, oh my God, revelation that changes your life and that pulls you in an unexpected direction. And that has certainly happened to me many times in my life. Now, I knew different industries, but because of some thing, sometimes bad that happened in your life, often bad. I'm thinking about the loss of your mother. For me, it was the loss of jobs that ended up pulling me or pushing me into a different direction that turned out to be a gift. Yes. Blessing. Yes. I think losses demand in this part of the grief cycle is the meaning making, right? You have to dig deep and rebuild. And that's when we start to become more intentional and more aware of things that we liked or we didn't like and more open to the possibility of change because we have change thrusted upon us. And it's like, how are we going to get back up from this experience? I, I, think that 90% of changes happen because of loss, right? There's endings before there can be beginnings. And that's where we find our grit. Amen. <laughs> I would definitely right? have an amen to that. Melissa, can you just quickly take us into what it was like as a minister in the UCC church? What was a day like for you? What were your responsibilities? I'm sure like ran the gamut in terms of it was everything from A to Z. It is because you're dealing with people, right? And people are unpredictable and multidimensional and have lots of different needs. My primary responsibilities I mentioned were pastoral care. So I did a lot of outreach for the seniors who were at home, right? That, that they were homebound. I would do visits and calls. So there was a time where I had more friends over 70 than under 70. I just love my old people because they're so wise and I get to visit them. That was a big part. A lot of notes, a lot of follow through, follow up on situations. If they were in the hospital, I would go and visit them when they were home, coordinate that. A lot of work with funerals and supporting the family through that and planning the services, which I actually love doing funerals because families would come to you and, and you'd say, tell me about this person. Tell me about your mother. And you get these beautiful stories and you really start to learn who this person was and the legacy that you can offer to the family, right? What's going to keep you going? And it's just a really beautiful process that you're there and you're creating the service for the family, right? The deceased is gone, but this is how are you going to hold them and lift them up through these dark days? And what are you going to give them to hang on to? That was a big part of it. And also the pastoral prayers that in our church, we would give probably a five minute prayer starting with, you know, for the world, for the community, and then for people. And it, we had this beautiful jazz pianist who would play melodies underneath it. And it was just so powerful. You could, you could feel the congregation sort of exhale and the power and the energy of just all of these prayers hanging in the air was profound. And then it's, it's humbling because it's like, we all come here 
needing something, that we're all thirsty for something bigger, and we're all connected. And that was really just a beautiful aspect of Sunday morning. But like I said before, it's such a privilege to walk with people and have them offer their vulnerability to you and tend to it so carefully, right? Trust is fragile. And so you hold that safe space and you're trusted with some of the most painful experiences of anyone's life. We were chatting during the espresso shots episode about how potentially really draining this type of work can be and the importance of self-care. How did you balance that? How did you, I can imagine you had some days that started very early and ended very late. You're preaching on a Sunday. That's, it could be a 24 seven type of job. You could be working 40 hours a day. (laughs) There are moments that it feels like a 40 hour day. And there are moments it's feast or famine, right? So there's sort of this adrenaline rush. And so Sunday afternoons at two o'clock, after church, we go out for a big breakfast and then I'd be asleep on the, on the couch. My husband called it the preacher nap, right? Because you're on, there's all these people from the congregation that are energized and want to connect with you and talk to you. So it's just, it's hyper stimulating. And then I crash, at least for someone like myself who's an introvert. It really is walk the walk, right? And modeling self-care, mind, body, spirit, eating well, hydrating and exercising. And so I would go out running before church or before work. And that was my trifecta. I would, I had my friends, I had my exercise and I had, you know, the socialization and my day started beautifully, right? If I got that exercise in, in the morning, then I was, then I was elevated. Then I had something to give, but ministry is a huge burnout profession for that very reason of not protecting boundaries and carrying the weight of, of so many people. So, you know, that's something that's always up front as, you know, continuing ad credits, like how do you take care of yourself and really kind of helping ministers do that. And I think I mentioned before, there's sort of this academic lean in ministry. A lot of people are big readers, so they'd rather sit and read rather than get up and run, but it's, it's both. You gotta, you gotta have both. It's gotta be about balance. So interesting that you said you're an introvert. I would have expected that this profession would attract extroverts. Oh, I think disproportionately, most ministers are introverts, 100%. Because you can get up in the pulpit and you can preach, right? It's where you get your energy. And and I would say I'm probably more of an ambivert, right? Which is 50-50. But the church that I was at, I would say 80% of the staff was an introvert. We'd all like go into our offices and read and write. (laughs) Because it is a very, at least in the congregational tradition, it's always been a very heady discipline, right? It's been about the academics and the studying because in this faith tradition, it's about asking questions. It's not about accepting answers. It's really about kind of tearing it apart, you know, just chewing on it. And that's where you get this intellectual prowess thing that's happening. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T for C. 
And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the Coaching tab at time4coffee.org or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.